If green is your favorite color or your way of living, then Grounded is the place for you. From big environmental solutions to your own backyard, wherever in the universe you may be, join me, Melanie Walker, on a journey to a cleaner, greener life. Grounded, your window on the environment. A very good day to you. Yes, it's been a while since we had my favorite gardening guru. Do you want to be called a guru or can I call you a garden gnome? I'm normally... <laughs> I'm Garden Gnomely. Sorry, I'm Melody Walker. I yes. Like <laughs> so we have the Garden Gnomely and the Garden Gnome. <laughs> Carrie Goodwin. Thank you. And nice to see you again. It is lovely to see you. And I mean, yeah. oh, it's this change. We're just sitting and going, oh my goodness. Even though we're still at this stage, and what is it now, the beginning of May? Yeah. 27 degrees during the day. But well, it, you can feel the chill on your feet when you walk out without shoes on. Yes, and I thought it was ironic with all the thunderstorms we've had recently because I was chatting to our team and it felt like, you know, summer was over through most of April. We felt like the rain had gone and we were getting into our usual winter type of feeling and the trees. I don't know about these trees. I think there's a lot of microclimates in our environment within Gauteng Mm. because I would drive through some suburbs and the trees would be fully autumn, you know, beautiful golden hues, red hues. And then I would go into other suburbs and they would still be green and not even a sign of change. And I'm thinking, we all live in Gauteng. What's going on here? So yeah. It's very weird. And somebody said to me, their leaves of their trees dropped off very early in the season, like towards the end of March or so. So I'm thinking, well, climate change we know is definitely a reality. But I love the season changes. And it just seemed to be a very hurry up and wait for the season hurry up and to wait change. And, and now it's a drawn out thing. So it's yes. very odd. But I mean, this is life is a garden. So, Absolutely, know, and we should be learning. Toburg is a garden, <laughs> <laughs> one giant garden. But this is the problem that we do go so fast. Everything, you know, I mean, especially with all the power cuts, and nobody will stop at stop streets or <gasps> stop at robots when they're out. You know, and everybody's in just such a hurry the whole time. And I'm sitting yeah. and thinking, when was the last time you actually kind of? Pootled along and actually looked at what's happening around you. I do it all the time. I was going to say, welcome to my world. Yeah, and I, we're, we're very much like that. I'm, we're looking at the trees and the birds and everything else except. I do watch the traffic a little I was going to say, you have to watch the traffic, Carrie. I'm so like, but I'm going super slowly aware. so I can watch the traffic, not trying to zoom past it. No, it's crazy. Everybody's in such a rush. Everybody just slow down, yeah. especially as we're going into winter now. I mean, I know that we want to get our blood pressure up and get our hands warm and tingly and all of that kind of stuff but oh it's a time of year where the garden's going to be resting yes and so should we yes. not too much though because you, you still have to get out and do stuff one thing i have yeah. noticed while i'm driving mm-hmm. around and i find i don't know if i'm just thinking that it's kind of too early but i've seen so many aloes in flower already i'm used to them <gasps> being in june june late june july yeah so i think the breeding of aloes has got so good that they're actually able to almost produce different aloes to flower from march because we've had little the aloe peri peri yeah flowering since march and then you're going to get your exa- similar flowering aloe but that's going to be the hedgehog which flowers late into july and august so they're just as you're driving around the aloes they're all changing and they're flowering according to what suits them best, but they've been bred to flower for a much, much longer period of time. Because as you said, it used to be only like maybe two, three months that aloes would flower for. Now I think if you had a whole lot of different varieties in your garden, then you could have up to 
maybe six months of aloes flowering. But I see some areas where the aloe arborescence is flowering madly and then other places where I know where the big ones are. And I've got yeah. lots of them in my place as well. And I mean, there, there's nothing, not even like a stalk coming up that, or stem coming up with the inflorescence on. So I don't know, maybe Mother Nature's also blonde. <laughs> I think she's just experiencing the microclimates because of the buildings that are in our As she's going through menopause. It <laughs> <laughs> could be that. <laughs> but what I'm loving about the aloes, and that's what Life as a Garden was really talking about, is one, the different aloes and what they contribute to your garden. Mm. You know, I never used to be a huge aloe succulent type fan, but I'm really learning to love them. And our garden expert from Life as a Garden for the aloes this month was a lady down in Natal. And her name was Ruth Gray. And she said she got a plot of land and it didn't have anything on it. And then she started planting aloes. And originally there were only two different sunbird species. Mm -hmm. Now she's got 11 different sunbird species just because she provided food and nectar for them from the different aloes that she planted. And I think that's so exciting for me. I mean, I know even within the nurseries, we have the little black sunbirds and they are loving, well, not only the aloes, they're loving the wild dacha, which is crazy. Okay, for those of you, it's not that stuff that you <laughs> no. would, one would smoke. It's Leonotus, yeah. <laughs> yes, and it's looking beautiful at the moment. And so even in a tiny little bag within, a, I want to say, an urban environment, mm -hmm. the sunbirds are coming in every morning. I mean, I even saw them getting nectar out of some of our salvias because they also just seem to be endlessly flowering. Mm. And so I think by providing this habitat for wildlife or birds that aloes do, they're not only giving you architectural structure, but they're providing this. And then the interesting thing, which, I mean, they talk about it a lot in the Cape. And so I think it's lovely that we're starting to look at all these other different provinces is firescaping your garden. So firescaping? You know, firescaping. What does that mean? So it's protecting your garden from runaway fires. So in the Cape, obviously, I think it's more of a problem because they're building their houses higher up and higher up onto the mountains. Mm -hmm. And so you want to protect the, you know, those runaway fires from coming into oh, your... We've had so many of them over the last few years yeah. as well. Oh. So, you know, there they're looking at the aloes and saying, we always used to, when uh, they first, the government actually started a huge firescaping project, probably mm -hmm. about five or six years ago. And the big thing was to plant the Carpobrotus edulis, you know, the yes. chips fingers plant. What do you call it? The, chips? Chips, the finger chips plant. They look like chips, like french fries. <laughs> so I don't know, we call it I chips. know which one you mean, you're the big fleshy one, which yes. um, is like tri almost like a triangle in the way it grows. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And the big pink flowers. Yes. So that was originally what you would recommend to plant as a border around more your homestead or, mm. you know, if you lived on plots or those sort of things. So I think a lot of farmers did start doing it there. But I just thought in any sort of environment, like if you live in, even in Gauteng, mm. you know, with the load shedding that we're having, maybe people are going to start using or having their bries later. And, you know, some maybe we don't always get to put it out correctly. Or we're using a lot more heating appliances. You know, I think even with the inverters and the batteries that we're using now, the insurances are saying, you know, make sure you have fire insurance within your homes. So are you protecting the environment that you're working with and maybe plant something like an aloe which has a very high water content still looks amazing mm. and can actually be used as a beneficial so maybe it's protecting your home from the neighbor who's going to might have a fire at their home and preventing it from coming across or in the cape specifically when they're going to come down those mountains and you just you need a water barrier and you can you never know you know i know we did it at the farm it was my saving grace. I just thought when we had the fires come over the mountain, 
I thought, oh, thank goodness our house is protected because we have a meter and a half of copper brotus and then we have aloes. Yeah. And it was wonderful because, you know, the rest of it, not that you wanted it to burn, but the, in our environment here, the um, bushveld needs to burn every one to three years. It does. I mean, for so, the, all the other little hidden things to come out as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I love aloes. And one of my fondest memories was I was actually at a boarding school yeah. with the house that I stayed in was called the aloes. Oh, because wow. down in Queenstown, there were lots of aloes. And yeah. along Queenstown at the back of it, um, kind of you know, protecting it a bit, is Long Hill. And on Long Hill, we'd go on our um, hiking club walks. Yeah. And it would be like really, really cold. And you'd forget to take water with you because, you know, you're a teenager and what do you know? <laughs> but the one thing was that was the big aloe, I think it was like Molothiis and yes, a couple one of the, the other the ones. Top five. <laughs> and they would co have collected all this dew Oh, in their wow. leaves and like little cups. So you just go up to an aloe and pull the leaf down and you could have a nice refreshing drink of fresh, fresh water. Oh, that is stunning. Yeah, And, and also, of course, when you go into winter, I mean, the, the bright oranges really yes. do warm stuff up because it gets, everything gets a bit kind of drab and brown and yeah. gray out there. So these sparks, I, I cannot imagine not having aloes in my property at all, you know. Yeah. Can you imagine not having it? It's horrible. Well, I think the other thing that Life as a Garden was saying to use aloe for, and it's actually so clever, is to use them for rooftop gardens mm. and greening the urban environment in a on a new level because they don't need a lot of water. So obviously you do have to worry about the weight of you know the soil that you mm. would need and the drainage on a rooftop. But actually using aloes, and I think I've seen it done so effectively in the Bryanston, Santon, those type of areas where they are. And I'm, you just look at this and you, at first you think, hang on a sec, that is out of place. And then you look at how gorgeous it is. And, it, you know, the aloes against our beautiful winter sunsets. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. a winning combination because they complement each other so beautiful. And I think what's exciting with aloes is there's so many different varieties. What makes me so proud to be a South African is that it's in our country that the guys are breeding the most beautiful, beautiful aloes. Andy and DeVette, yes, the ones exactly. he's making are absolutely fantastic. And yeah. we get to export them. So um, again, one of the garden centers, and these were garden centers more in Natal that we were looking at for um, Life is a Garden. But as you say, Andy DeVette's got the most beautiful aloe farms and you can go and see all the sunbirds there, was um, in Dulu Gardens. Mm -hmm. And she's also opened her garden so you can go and get an idea of how the gardens work as Andy DeVette does out at Haribiasport Dam. And they're looking for things that make your aloes different. So like we spoke about earlier, the different how long the, they can flower yeah, for. Yeah. You know, it used to be originally that aloes would get hit by the frost in the um, colder months or in the colder areas. But now they've made them hybrid aloes that are more frost resistant. So you get that as well. And then you get your classic fives, you know, like you mentioned earlier, create an aloe arborescence fence. Mm. I mean, that, that would protect you. You wouldn't need all these other clear views and walls and wires and everything else that goes along with fencing. No and the person nice thing is going to come through you your You just go fence. and you break off a piece of it and stick it in the ground and it grows. Oh, I mean, it's just phenomenal. Don't tell the people that on the ring. <laughs> I mean, how are we going to get customers? <laughs> well, when they get that big, <laughs> I give away a lot, I must be honest. But it is lovely, I mm. mean, to be able to do that. And I think I always think of aloes as they seem to be so self-sustaining and mm. they don't need a lot of water. You know, ideally, if you, especially the hybrid ones, you do want to feed a little bit more frequently. But when they do get disease, 
then you're like, oh, oh, now what do you do? You know, there are some problems, especially if you get snout worm, a uh, snout beetle. Yes, that's why it took out two of my aloes completely. Oh no, you see, so I think that's what you have to be aware of is mm. that even though they're self-sustaining and really you meant to be low maintenance and everything, just like every plant. watch them. <laughs> yes, especially for aloe aphid. Aloe aphid. Because like, I see so many. They're loving the, the tree aloes. The, what, are yes. they still barbari? Or no, they've they changed, changed to Bainsia. Have they changed back to Bainsia? And aloidium. It's always aloe. going backwards and forwards. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I've noticed wherever I go, I mean, I, I see people have got them and I happen to maybe see the person and I'm like, mm. please do me a favor. Just get up there and take off that leaf and then scrub that leaf. And all you need yeah. to do is actually spray it with a mixture of dishwashing soap, but not the antibacterial one. <laughs> or anything like oleum, yeah. any of those that will actually it's close the spiracles oil. of the, the aphid itself. And then you can scrape them off quite easily. I know some of them are quite tall, so you have to get up a ladder. But that is the one thing, if you don't do something about it, it will kill your aloe. Yeah, and I think that makes me sad when you sometimes see aloes planted on the streets because there was a stage when aloes were the most popular mm. thing to plant on streets. And they did look amazing. And now going into winter, they're going to flower and make our hearts all warm and fuzzy. But if you don't treat diseases. So if you have an aloe, definitely, you know, keep an eye on it. Mm. Don't think that it just needs to be left there all by itself. Go and look at it every now and again. Because the insects that affect aloes are so tiny. Like you say, the snout beetle. It's not much bigger than two millimeters, mm. if that, one and a half. And it goes into the stem or into the crown, if you want, of the aloe. And they're easy to treat. They're mm. not They're not difficult. You know, with if your aloes used to get cancer, which used to be very popular, see, it's not as bad anymore then it's, you know, you can cut it off with a knife yeah. and remove that part of the plant and it's not going to kill your whole plant. But if you don't do something, your aloe is going yeah, to my suffer one aloe is getting all speckly. Yes, and so <laughs> then you get like the rust, which I think that's also challenging because, you know, when you have a herbaceous plant, if you get rust on it, you can just pull off the leaf and it grows again mm. and you don't really notice it. Whereas with aloe, the rusts can sit on the top. And then when you buy it, if you have left it and haven't checked it, then the next thing you look, and actually it's just like got a huge big welt of what that's rust sitting underneath, like almost in this, um, the leaves. Mm. And so I think even though they are beautiful and really it, they still need attention, they still need a little bit of fertilizer. They still need a little bit of water if we're not having rain because just like any plant, if you keep it healthy, it's going to look after itself and be healthy. But if you ignore it, it's going to say, hey, you know, look I'm at me, out of I'm here. here. Yeah, yeah, you know, the birds can't come and take all my nectar and think I'm beautiful. And you as an owner, just ignore me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you have to give them a bit of attention. I was so sad to but, lose because the two aloes that I lost were actually quite unusual ones. They weren't one of the ones that you would normally be able to buy from a shop. So oh. when they went, I was like, yeah. but there was nothing to be done. I tried everything, but snout beetle, once it's in, yo, horrible thing. Oh. Anyway, so we've, we've just spent a whole bunch of time oh, talking no. about okay. aloes. Well, we can, but before we go off the aloes, yeah. I just one other thing, which I thought was so cool because, you know, I love <laughs> pretending that I'm a child. And so, <laughs> you are a child, Carrie. I, what I are you pretending? <laughs> and I love the, the fact, because I don't think kids get enough texture stimulus from what they do today mm. you know they don't go and get their hands in the garden dirty too often or that sort of sort of thing and so life as a garden suggested making an aloe cinnamon play-doh and it's using the gel from an aloe plant so whether it's any aloe but probably aloe vera would give you the most gel and then mixing that with a little bit of cinnamon so it's got a very nice fragrance and then with corn flour to make up a play-doh and then even so it's just so textually exciting for kids to be able to feel this 
And then even older kids is to either try and design things with the Play-Doh. I mean, I don't think a lot of older kids actually play with Play-Doh, but it's very therapeutic. You know, I think we I have know those, it is. those I had funny kids. little things. <laughs> or they were saying even to hide different things into the Play-Doh and then try and determine what it is. You know, by like, squishing it. Yes, by squishing it. So I thought it was quite nice to do something completely different. Mm. And oh, talking of kids. I almost forgot. It's Mother's Day soon. Oh, I'd forgotten about that too. I wonder if my children will remember. Probably not. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say, oh, for Mother's Day, if you're not going to give them a beautiful aloe, and I mean, that's definitely one, is go and visit a garden center because there's such incredible plants out at the moment. Yeah, and if you if you yours. have forgotten and you're sitting there at the last moment, this is yeah. for the dads who are buying the flowers <laughs> to give to mom, and you're sitting there on the Sunday morning thinking, oops, it's Mother's Day today and we haven't done anything, don't just run into your nearest convenience store and go and buy cut flowers, okay? <laughs> go and find a no- lo- local nursery and go and buy her something beautiful in a pot that will keep on giving the yes. love that you feel for her year after year after year. Yes. <laughs> I I think so. And moms really deserve it. You know, I think sometimes we underplay how important moms are in our lives. Mm -hmm. And they just do everything for us. Yeah. And they're always there for us. So I think to give them a beautiful plant, to just remind them that you care and love them lots. So all those mothers, grandmothers, single mothers, single fathers who are being mothers. Pet mothers. Pet mothers. Yes. (laughs) Fur baby moms. All of them. Yeah. yeah. So everybody, everybody can be a mother. Have the nurturing instinct. Yeah, even plant mothers. You know, we have a lot of those plant parents that we forget about. I am not buying my children anything for Mother's Day. (laughs) Just one more plant. They have conservatories now. Their bedrooms are not just bedrooms anymore. And I'm the plant mother because I'm the one who has to fix them when they don't remember to water them. I just laughed yesterday. I saw a mom and she was buying all these veggies, you know, and obviously to go in the veggie garden. And then her daughter, who's probably about looked 14 or 15, managed to sneak a calathea onto, <laughs> onto the trolley without the mom noticing. And she only noticed when she got to the till. And I thought, flip, it used to be that kids used to sneak sweets into the trolley and then notice that sne- when they get to the till. Houseplants. Now she's sneaking a houseplant. And her mom's like, you did what? Yeah. And then oh, she's my like, kids do that too. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, I guess it's coming home with us then. I'm like, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> well, I mean, I have the same thing if I go into a garden center with my children and the one said, oh, mom, come on. And I'm like, okay, well, you've got to wash dishes for a week. <laughs> you see, it's hand in hand. Yeah. Sharing is caring. So yes. you share the tasks that go in the garden. The other thing, we talk about it all the time, but it's just a really good reminder is with all the leaves. I was thinking mm-hmm. of kids raking up the leaves. Oh, and the people the who put them in the bins. Oh. But yeah, please use them as mulch. Yes. You know, there's just really not enough compost or what. We just need to feed our soils yeah. as much as we can. And you can and use your free. leaves as mulch. Yes. You know, when everything is tough and we have to tighten our belts in every oh, no. which way, look for opportunities to share in your garden. So quite close to your one nursery in Craycore Park, mm. I'm walking because I walk that area a lot, there's this poor gardener he's sweeping up all the leaves and I'm like yeah. I hope you're going to put all of those leaves into the bed no they said I'm not allowed to <gasps> I'm like I need to speak to the people you work for <laughs> <laughs> we have to preach to so, the background I mean why why not use something that costs nothing and actually kind of mulches especially at this time of the well, in fact yeah. at every time of the year you need it to year. stop water evaporation in summer it keeps the beds nice and cool and yes. then in winter it's a nice little blanky it breaks down it gives nutrient it conditions the soil there's nothing wrong with keeping leaves in your beds unless of course yes. they've got 
like mold. Actually, even mold. Okay, it's going to add extra bacteria to the yeah. soil. and um, Except you know. just not rose leaves. Really? No, you don't put rose leaves in your compost and shouldn't put them into your mulch. I never knew that. Yeah. I well, you something learn something new every, every day. day. Exactly. There Great minds think alike. Fools seldom differ. <laughs> but... I'm, I'm I've really just called you a child and a fool. I'm sorry. Actually, I really <laughs> don't okay. mean that. I'm, don't I'm actually that. talking about me. <laughs> no, no, no. We do this. The other thing, when we're still talking about gardening and mums mm. and lovely things that maybe are unusual, is the echeveria. Mm. So I often think people used to think that all succulents would one be indigenous and actually and they, so we they used to come in and say oh you know oh these echeveria are gorgeous and i would say yes they are gorgeous but they come from mexico and they're like oh really and so um but i think as you say they are beautiful they come in a variety of different colors so many different shapes and oh I, you know i also like how they almost change color mm. so in the summer they tend to be almost like our autumn foliage they seem to be more green as it gets colder they go those deeper reds mm. so we have like topsy-turvy and blue curls and they now we used to get them in big pots but now i think people they just want everybody to appreciate echeveria so you can get them in little 12 centimeter pots different sizes what i always think is the most incredible thing with succulents is that like most of them you buy for your foliage because mm. when the flower they don't flower very often and when yeah, they the do flowers flower, mm, yellow yeah yeah and they often on a very tall flower stalk but it's actually then adds a whole different character to the plant when they do flower and so i want to say the other thing that echeverias reminds me of is my folks used to have them i mean because you could use them for rockery gardens pots my folks had them in pots on their mm, patio mm. and the mouse but mouse birds mice birds mouse birds i was gonna think how do you say it plural <laughs> anyway they just it's like moose and meese eh? <laughs> yes they just left them they thought this was the best thing since mm. sliced bread they came for breakfast every morning to have a little nibble of the echeveria which didn't please my folks too much but i just think again it's incredible bringing wildlife into your garden which is really important but these echeverias are gorgeous. And one thing about echeverias, if you have bunnies at home, don't let your bunnies near them. They will eat the whole lot of them. They oh, love, really? Bunnies love echeveria. <laughs> so maybe put them in pots. Lift yes. them up a little bit where your bunnies can't get to them and maybe put them somewhere where if you have a lot of birds or you're feeding the birds, then where the birds don't get to them too easily. But you could probably also put them as a really nice in a sunny room in your house, mm. especially now in the winter time. You know, add a different texture to your home so you don't only have greenhouse plants as foliage. Can and have some then, pinks and dusty blues. Yes. Mm. Oh, it actually makes me so exciting. I can't wait till we finish to go and get into the garden again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I'm missing out already. <laughs> yes, it's only a half an hour of your time. Okay, you can. We can. I know. I'm so sorry. Share the love. Share the enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so we've done a whole bunch on succulents. What else does Life as a Garden have on its website for this month? Um, so yeah, now I'm going to recap for us yes. so that I can just get the, now my brain's already gone back into the garden. I have to go back onto the web. <laughs> Come back, uh, earth to carry. Yeah. No, sorry, not earth to carry. <laughs> Building to carry. Yeah. So with the aloes we've spoken about really nicely and they've got a lovely tips on how to get rid of all those pesty okay, pests. Fantastic. So that's a really important one for us. And the other thing that's also looking amazing at the moment is, you've seen I'm jumping around a lot, is the Nandina. So there's lots of different Nandinas as well that you could use for pots. I think when we think of Nandina, people think of it as a Japanese bamboo, sacred yeah, bamboo. Sacred bamboo. But now there's lots of new varieties. And as our gardens are getting smaller, 
we have to look at, I mean, I know even for myself, I just have way too many plants to put in my garden. So now I'm just getting big pots and I'm filling them up with different plants and different planting combinations to make it so that I can still have lots and lots of plants and lots of different varieties in a very small space. Mm -hmm. And so even like with an Andina, you don't have to buy those huge domestica ones, which would block out your neighbors and keep them get away the for a very long ones. one. You can get pygmy ones. You could get different, like a blush pink one now and an obsession one, which is like a deep purple. So I think they, the breeders are really looking at what people's needs are within their gardening mm. and how gardens are changing. Again, with the aloes, the one that I loved so much and I'm excited to find it, but I feel I might have to go down to Natal to find it, is aloe octopus. And it feels like it sounds like it's a little aloe that's almost going to be crawling out of the pot. What is going so on at the moment with everything with octopus? Everywhere I look and everywhere I, I, I oh, see really? things, it's just octopus all the time. Uh, everything. I, I, it's become like this. I have. I went Maybe and I actually bought one of the specially minted silver five rand coin, or like they, it's a kind of a size of a five rand coin. But yeah. It's got an octopus on it. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was the only one I bought of that particular series of the animal series of those proper kind of like specific coins. But oh, wow. I have this thing, an octopi are just like occupying my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because they're so multi-talented. They're fantastic. And such good teachers. Yeah. And maybe we have to actually focus not only on saving our, I want to say, land environment, but there's also a big drive to save our sea environment. Oh, gosh, let's not even and go there. It's yeah, scary. so maybe it's planting a seed for us just to remember that, you know, each little step that we take. I read the most beautiful quote today, it just makes my heart so warm and fuzzy, is when we think of, um, you know, we're too small to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And then it said, if you think you're too small to make a difference, then you've never met a honeybee. Mm. And I thought, oh, my goodness gracious me, because it's also World Bee Day yes. and the 20th of May. So I just think there's lots to celebrate. And easily we get so disillusioned by what's going on about us that we just stop, as we said, right at the beginning and to take a breath. And, you know, if you're looking for fantastic ideas, oh, we spoke about it at the beginning, um, bulbs. Oh, you know, now it's getting that's cooler. my exciting time. <laughs> so, I mean, I, people keep on saying, is it the right time to plant my bulbs? And we always say, yeah, the first, second week in May is right. For me, mm. I would always say because we, but we're having an unseasonable April. We had an unseasonable mm. April. But they said it's the highest daytime temperatures in, I don't know, I can't remember how many years for really? April. And we're still having temperatures of 26, 27 degrees. Now, mm. I've always taken it as a rule of thumb or a rule of toe in this case, <laughs> is that if I if it's too cold for me to walk outside on the on the ground without yeah. shoes, yeah, then that's the time to plant Ooh, I in like the morning. That. It's got to be because the cold actually makes mm. your bulbs go into that dormancy thing. And when the, when the then when the temperatures start rising again, a lot of them need the cold to actuate, activate them. Okay, yes. Some of them need it to go into dormancy. So that cold is necessary. And if they're getting very cold at night and then it's still very hot during the day, um, especially if you have afternoon sun, that's mm. when you're going to need to mulch. So put lots of mulch. Okay. okay. But yeah. there are still bulbs available. I know that they've sold out like crazy. They did so well this year. Well, because they had all those beautiful new colors. I mean, who could resist? Oh, no. And then <laughs> <Just> the <laughs> salmon pink hyacinths, yeah. which you can grow on water indoors. And there's also a beautiful dark pink. They call it red, but it's kind of like this almost yes. cerise color, as well as the whites and blues that you usually get. Yeah. Um, my mascara already starting to come through, which is like I'm sitting oh, there looking wow. at it and going, wow, dude, that's like a bit early. <laughs> nice. um, but there are a lot of things that have sold out. But if you go to your, your local garden center and you do mm. see that there aren't any available there, yeah. you can go online and order online at hadeco.coza. 
Nice. Okay, because they still do have not everything. You'll see there's out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. But go and just put Hideko winter bulbs, go and have a look. Order, they deliver. Yeah. And I think, again, it's the surprise when you've planted the bulb, when it starts flowering, you're like, oh, I'd almost forgotten that I planted it there. Mm. And it's just so rewarding. Going back to Mother's Day and the Hyacinths, I'm sure a lot of your local garden centers will have the Hyacinths in flower for Mother's Day. Because I know we've managed to find some in those beautiful, beautiful colors. So I thought, even though I sold the bulbs ages ago, thank goodness the growers had the foresight to plant them for Mother's Day. And so we can go and get some of those for Mother's Day as well, which is very, very exciting. And they have such a nice fragrance. Oh, they're stunning. And they all smell different as well. Yes. And just all your senses. When you're out in the garden, you just get to smell the most beautiful things that are happening out there. So, Well, I think I think there's still freezers available as well. So, I mean, mm. if you haven't gotten anything and you're thinking, what can I get? Then go out and go and buy a bag of bulbs. Yeah. And they're nice because freezers are indigenous. Yes. They're one of my mom's favorite. Yeah. And the tulips. But the tulips are always so difficult to grow. Okay. Well, it's certainly <laughs> not time to plant no, tulips no, 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 now. No, 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 you only plant them in June. Okay. It's freezing, freezing yeah. cold. And the same thing with if you've gotten hold of peonies, because we also got, had peonies. And, oh, nice. Um, okay. I think there's a few left still that, uh, that can be. But that is a, a lesson in patience. <laughs> That's going to take you three years for it to flower. And yes, it does. They've been hybridizing them so that they can handle temperatures that aren't just freezing cold. Oh, exciting. Which is great, yeah. So <gasps> people have been asking, can I grow them in the northwest? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. As long as you plant them at the right time and you keep them cool. Always, if you err on the side of caution, morning sun, not afternoon sun. Yeah. <gasps> well, I think and that's what goes with you know all plants, mm. is when your plants are happy, so if you've planted them in the right place mm. with the right soil, you know, don't put your succulents, your aloes, your echeverias that we've spoken about in very, very nutrient-rich soil. You know, and, and in the shade. Bit, yeah, yes, and then in the shade, your plants are going to be like, ew, gross, and they're not going to be happy and they're not going to thrive and they're going to suffer from a lot of pests. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mix some succulent mix with them or mix some river sand with them just so they've got that really good drainage and the roots can grow easily. Mm-hmm. And they don't need a lot of soil, even a lot of your aloes. They can do very well in little shallow mm-hmm. soil. Remember that alo- the trend, I don't think it's here anymore. There's lots of new trends that have surpassed it, is when people used to take the aloes and put them into their vase with no water and a little bit of um, in with no soil and they used to have them all in their house mm. we used to have a customer who used to do that I, I used to laugh at him and then he says no don't worry I'm not doing plant cruelty I'll go and plant them in the garden after three months like yeah that, that's a good idea <laughs> oh, talking so, about that with hyacinths growing them mm. in water as well so that would be a lovely thing to do to get like just a nice little carafe mm. with a neck that comes in and you know pop your your hyacinth bulb onto that and just remember that you don't want the water touching the bottom of the bulb yes the okay. roots will go to look for the water yes that's what and then I mean that's a lovely present absolutely and it's so easy to do yeah and I know whenever we do it at the nurseries that people are always so amazed because again <laughs> you see for children again for children Children, that they can actually they can watch how those working. roots grow through the vase, yeah. through the stones. Yeah. It's fascinating. So it really is a oh, beautiful gift, not only for mums, mm. but for the whole family. For all of us. <laughs> for all of us, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so I think we've done a lot with the, what we can do in our gardens. Just look out for your tender plants because mm. you might have to start covering them. Especially if you using. just planted out some little fever trees. They oh. will need to be covered Yes. Okay, over winter Absolutely. while they're young in the first five years. Yeah. yeah. But I always think that's actually so rewarding because we had a customer in Craig Hall and I think she tried three years in a row to plant the fever tree 
every winter it got hit. It didn't matter if we told her, you know, please. And then she finally planted it, protected it properly. She used thatching grass and um, frost cover. And now when she came in the other day, she says, you won't believe it. My fever tree is looking incredible. And I, I love it when people have that, that, I want to say inspiration or that warm fuzziness when their plants are actually successful and they just realize how rewarding gardening can be. You know, yeah. even growing a bean sprout or anything. It's just, or a big tree like a It's like tree. magic. It is like magic. Patience. Yes. Magic. And, uh, and do you remember, <laughs> we always say, well, this is what Linda Galvad always says, is that you can grow anything in a pot except a human. So <laughs> I like even it. if you don't have a garden, you can still grow stuff. Yes, absolutely. And there's lots to grow. You know, we didn't speak about it because obviously it's my favorite topic in the whole world. But there's lots of delicious veggies you can grow when you mention Linda Galvad. <laughs> it's all those yummy green ones. <laughs> yes. That, that, she's, she's saying it with a fake smile on her face. But also, by the way, if you live in an, if somebody's listening and they live in an outlying town where they can't get the seeds all that easily, you can also buy uh, the order seeds online. Yeah, through so either sought after seedlings or through Hadeco, yeah. and they will deliver as well. And there's lovely seeds. There's one that you can grow. In, I never thought you could grow a cabbage in a pot. Of course you can. I know, and it could look so beautiful. It almost becomes ornamental. You wouldn't have to eat it. No, well, I, I wouldn't eat it, but I would just leave it looking yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah, you could do that. Cabbage leaves are fantastic. They're wonderful just to rip off and eat raw. To have them in a soup. To use them as the <laughs> thing that dying. you do your dim yeah. sum in your steamer. And okay, I'm going to let Carrie go, get back to her chockies <laughs> and the garden and her garden. Okay, I hope you've got some decent like um, healthy chocolates to eat while you're gardening oh, so many <laughs> <laughs> the Easter bunny was very generous um, okay well <laughs> yeah. we go from Easter to Mother's Day and to all, yeah. everybody who is um, listening and does have a mother that they're going to be cherishing well hopefully we have given you some ideas yes. Gary Goodwin always fantastic to chat to you and um, of course if you want to find out more about the things we've been talking about you can go to lifeisagarden.co.za yes. and you can get all the hints and tips you need from there Absolutely. And we'll catch up with you again next time, hopefully next month. Yes, and sure. of course, the rest of you get out into your garden and above all, just stay grounded. Bye bye. You've been listening to another episode of Grounded from Solid Gold Studios in Johannesburg. For more green ideas and events, pop along to Mel's Treasures on Facebook. Mm-hmm.